Fika with Anika. The word Fika is used as both a noun and a verb and is derived from the Swedish word for coffee. The Swedish coffee break is a moment to literally leave work behind. Taken at three in the afternoon, it's not a strategy for multitasking or for fitting in another mini-meeting. It's a chance to relax in the company of colleagues or friends. The key is to pause your day. So, brew up some coffee, grab a seat, and embrace Fika. So, so welcome back, everyone. This is another episode of Fika with Anika. I'm here with uh, my distinguished guest, Mr. Todd. He's a gentleman that I met at our recent Anza Area Trail Town hiking event. Um, and I happened to be speaking with him, and he says, well, Oh, I come up here and hike Kuya Trail all the time. And I said, well, I really need to interview you. And so it turns out not only is he an avid hiker, but he's also a rock hound. So welcome, Mr. Todd. Thank you for coming up from Hemet and to, to spend some time with us here. Well, thank you for inviting me. I love coming up to the valley. It's a great place to come to. And uh, just uh, so many things to do up here and so many friendly people. And as far as gem and mineral collecting goes, there's just untold amounts if you just get out and look for them. So you told me that you you hiked the Kawea Trail, so I'm assuming that there might be some uh, uh, collectible rocks? Well, on the Kawea Mountain, starting with trip flats at the bottom and going up, uh, there's a couple of old mines up there. Uh, there's several hiking trails. Uh, there's Yes, there is gem quality stones that are available. Uh, you can find uh, burl, you can find quartz, uh, you can find tourmaline. Uh, just an untold amount of stuff. You just have to know what you're looking for and make sure that you be careful. You know, watch where you're walking, especially in the spring and summer because it's very heavily populated with uh, infectious animals such as rattlesnakes. And so, <clears throat> But I think that the thing is that uh, if you like rock collecting, that is a good area to go. Uh, there's several areas in in the north uh, San Diego County and, and southern Riverside County. Uh, there's several mines. There are mines that you can go to and pay a fee and do what they call fossicking, which is to go through the tailings of material that they bring out of the mines and they dump in piles. And you can go out and pay a fee and uh, go through there and see what you can find. Sometimes you get lucky and you'll find some really nice stuff, and sometimes you just bomb out, you don't get anything. <laughs> it's such as life. Right. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. There's also uh, several different uh, associations that you can go to. Uh, you can go to the Fallbrick uh, Gem and Mineral Museum, which is uh, <clears throat> open from Thursday through Sunday, and they have a very great, uh, beautiful display of gems and minerals there are some rare minerals that are only found in this area such as kunzite and uh, some of the uh, red and green tourmaline and some organite and these are all what is considered semi-precious uh, min minerals or gems and they take a really good polish uh, if you uh, get associated with one of the gem and mineral clubs most of them have their own equipment that you can go in and uh, use if you're a member 
and uh, I actually live in Hemet, and uh, I live in a community called Sierra Dawn, which is a senior community, and we have our own lapidary club and our own lapidary shop, so we're very fortunate to have these facilities available. Most of your gym and mineral clubs, if they don't have the equipment, they can generally tell you where you can get it. Uh, if you want to buy it yourself, there's several suppliers, uh, all in Southern California or in Arizona. Uh, if you're lucky enough to go to a Quartzsite in the wintertime in January when they have what they call the Gym and Mineral Powwow. It's a great big uh, Gym and Mineral show. It's been known for years and years. Thousands and thousands of people uh, from all over the country and even the world come there and display their gems and minerals and put them up for sale. Also, there's uh, going to be a gem and mineral show in Escondido at the event center in Escondido on June 28th and 29th, which is always very interesting. It's a very minimal fee to go in and look around, and if you decide to buy, there's always people there that's willing to sell you what they have, and they're always uh, glad to see people come in and look at what they have on display. Very nice. <clears throat> you brought in a selection of rocks. There's uh, six uh, different sized rocks sitting in front of me, and I know nothing uh, about them. And these are not polished uh, specimens. Is this what they look like when they when you pick them up and you well, pick them up from the ground? These I have, of course, I've washed off. Um, the thing is, if you're out gem and mineral collecting, it's always good to take a little water spray bottle with you and a small spade, like a little folding shovel and or a trowel, and uh, make sure you have some cloth gloves with you because some of these stones are sharp, especially your crystals are sharp on the edge. And uh, so, yeah, these uh, six specimens I brought in to show are from the Cahia Mountain area, Trips Flat, and the first one I have here is a about an inch around and about two inches high smoky quartz with a very nice prism point on it. Uh, next to it I have another little smaller smoky quartz that I found over in the Trips Flat area at the base of Kia Mountain. Uh, also I have a small piece of tourmaline. Uh, it's, unfortunately it's a black tourmaline but it is uh, in the area well, will you say unfortunately it's because the other colors well, are... Well, I, I, I stress that the red and green quartz are, are the most more valuable. And, right. and tourmaline is probably, I would say, in the higher quality and price-wise gems, it, it ranks quite high. Uh, okay. It's probably in the top ten, at least. And uh, if you go to buy it, you're going to look at... Uh, Especially the red and green, you're going to be looking at about 45 to $70 a gram. Where the black like this here is um, uh, lesser desired, so it's generally between 20 and $25 a gram. Okay, and the rock that you have is about what size? This here is just a piece of burl, what they call burl. And it's kind of like a crystal and it comes in several different colors. You can get red, green, yellow, uh, a lot of different colors. And most of the time what you do is if you're out, especially in the morning, is a good time to go over in the afternoon and get the sun behind you for when you look down and you see that crystal 
glisten in the sun, then you can go over there and take your <clears throat> little shovel or whatever and dig it out, or if it happens to be laying on top of the ground, which sometimes they are, and, uh, and that it's easier to see what you're looking for with the sun behind you. And when you're going down the <clears throat> trail or if you're off of... I like to go in the washes, especially after a big rain, uh, especially up here in the, this area because uh, we have a lot of thunder showers and thunder cloud bursts up here. And uh, when that water comes down these washes, all of the smaller stuff just rolls with the water until, of course, the water ends. So it's a lot easier to find in, in, in the washes. And you want to get uh, around a quartz. If you find a lot of quartz, that's a good place to find uh, quartz crystals. And here's a piece of uh, crystal here. This one here is about three inches by two inches. And I found this right off of Tripp's Road between Batista Canyon and and uh, Cahia Mountain. And it, was, it just happened to be laying at the bottom of a wash where the water ran down the road and off over the hill. And uh, I just walked down into the wash, and there it was. Interesting. <clears throat> now, this is a, 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 a nice large rock, uh, and is this something that you would polish up and sell you it with one of the... You could actually cut that and, and uh, polish it. And, uh, of course, they have a fast, what they call a faceting machine, which is an automatic machine. It's kind of like they use in machine shops is what they call a milling machine. It's oh. all controlled automatically, and... And so you can take a and cut this here down to a size that you want, and then you could put it in the fastening machine, and then just put it in there, and it'll do all the work for you. But a lot of people just take and cut them with a regular diamond saw, and uh, and then they just go in and grind them down and polish them. And that particular piece there would not be too good to make a like a, what they call a cabochon, because uh, if you try and cut that, it's probably going to crack on you oh, okay. and fracture. So generally to do uh, that type of work you you need something that's a little flatter and a little solider. Now this one here you could take and cut this one. You could probably cut maybe two or three nice pieces out of this here smoky quartz. And uh, But myself for a collector I'd leave it just like it is. It's worth more like it is than it is cutting it up. Oh interesting. Yeah, it's more desirable. And okay. this one here is just a plain agate, and I found this over here in the Batista Wash, uh, just below where Batista Canyon Road and Drips Flat come together. And, and uh, I'm uh, looking at this agate, and it's just like chalky on top, and it, if I was walking around, I would never even know that it was anything of any interest. Well, if you had the sun behind you, and the sun hit it, you would, you would see it. I would you see it. You would stand out. And the thing is with agates or any any of your your rocks, especially if you want to find out what they are, you can put them in muric acid like they use in swimming pools mm -hmm. and let it sit overnight and then wash them the next day and make sure you don't get the acid on you. And that'll take all this outside corrosion and stuff off of them. Okay. It works really good on what we call a desert rose, which I didn't bring any, unfortunately. But we get desert rose down in the desert, especially uh, between 29 Palms and Needles, out in that area out there, the Turtle Mountains, they call it. And uh, the thing is, with the desert rose, they actually are shaped like roses. They look like roses. They're flat. Some of them are 
odd shape, but a lot of them are flat. Some of them are really small, like the size of a penny, and some of them are as big as six inches. And they're called chalcedony or chalcedony. Okay. And what they do with the chalcedony is it, it just, uh, I guess from the heat when the volcanic eruptions happened millions of years ago, it blew this stuff out. And it was just actually just a, like a white molten rock. And when it cooled, it just cooled into these little roses. And they looked just like a little rose. Oh, I wish I would have brought some because they are really nice. People make bracelets out of them. They make necklaces out of them. Okay. And uh, if you're if people are you know lapidary inclined, and uh, so then that's something that especially in the winter time I go out in the desert between November, generally in April, and I go all over in what they call the Turtle Mountains out of Vidal Junction, where Highway 95 <clears throat> and 62 come together, just west of Parker. And I go out in that area, and you can go BLM lands all out there. And there's a lot of BLM roads, and you just take off and park and just start walking, <laughs> start looking. And there's also a lot of other gems out there and minerals. There's also a lot of agate out there. And sometimes people get lucky in those washes. They actually even find gold. But uh, Well, we're in I California. Don't for, I don't look for gold because I really... Like my regular rocks, if I find the gold, of course, that's a plus. <laughs> but uh, knock on wood, I haven't yet, but I, one of these days I might. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, which uh, brings me to the question of uh, permission to pick rocks. I mean, do, do you need a permit to do this? No. Uh, you can go to your local BLM office. Unfortunately, the one over in, Mar in Moreno Valley is closing. I was just over there last week. And they are closing that BLM office and combining it with the Palm Springs office. So now you'll have to either go to Palm Springs or San Diego or one of the other bigger cities. You'll have to look on the computer to find out what BLM offices are going to be open. But you can also go uh, to, uh, there's a little map here I have. Uh, so let me just ask, so the BL, BLM requires a permit no, or, no, it does you not you, if you camp if you go out there and camp you have to get like a 14 day permit I see but there are a lot of BLM lands that you don't have to have a permit to camp on I see it's just according to where you're at now if you go to off of Highway 10 going to Blythe uh, you can go off on Wiley Wells Road which is about 25 miles west of Blythe all right. You go on Wiley Wells Road, and there is a primitive campground out there, which is Wiley Wells Campground, or just past is another one called Coon Hollow. And that gives you access to Opal Mountain, which is right between Wiley Wells and Palo Verde. It's a heavy uh, desert road. You need a, a good high-clearance vehicle to get through there. Okay. But uh, that there is a fee area. You have to buy a like a 14-day permit okay. to camp there. It has uh, a lot of your BLMs have picnic tables, vault toilets. Some have water, some of them don't. Wally Wells has water, but it's not potable. They do have uh, vault toilets, and they do have picnic tables at both Coon Hollow and Wally Wells. All right. 
and but a lot of your BLMs are it's just open. You can go. The best thing to do is to get a hold of one of your BLM offices. Like okay. you can get a hold of the Palm Springs office, the El Central office, and uh, find out the fee areas. Or you can pick up a BLM map. I didn't bring one with me, but uh, you can pick one of those up also. So uh, yeah, you want to always make sure that. If you want to go out there, you can also pick up a book that's called Jim Trails of Southern California. And the Jim Trails of Southern California, what it is, it's a breakdown of all the gym collecting areas in Southern California. It gives okay. you the location, the road to take to them, what's available there, and whether it's a fee collecting or if private property and and uh, it's really not that expensive or you can just go to the library uh, I don't know if the library here in uh, <clears throat> Anza would carry it or not but they do have it in the library in Temecula okay and uh, there also there's a new book out I haven't got one yet but it's been out for a few years now and it's a GPS guide to gem and mineral collecting throughout the United States Okay, so it's the high-tech version. Yeah, right. But uh, these, the gym trail, you can get the gym trail. There's also another little book put out by a private person that's called uh, Snowbird Gym Trails, mostly for people that go to the desert in the wintertime, retirees. And uh, that's how me and my wife actually got started. Is uh, We used to go to the desert and spend a couple, three months down there, and I got acquainted with the rock and gym people and been doing it ever since <laughs> 25 years oh my goodness so but there's just a lot of a lot of information here's another one that that i just picked up the other day and it's called the rock and mineral collecting in the southern california desert and uh, i just picked this up at the blm also uh, last week and it has a lot of different uh, articles in here and uh, guides different places in the desert that you can go and and uh, collect minerals and gems. Is the Anza Alanga Hammett area known for its gem? Well, from what I've seen on display up in Idlewild at some of the shops up there, I forget what the name of the one shop I went into up there, but she has quite a large display of uh, just about everything they get up on the, the San Jacinto Mountain. Uh, they get uh, amethyst, they get geodes. Uh, a lot of people don't know what a geode is. A geode is actually a round rock that you actually cut or break open. Sometimes they have crystal inside, sometimes they have just agate inside, but uh, a lot of them are very, very pretty and uh, make a really nice decoration for for your home, and uh, especially if you're going to have any kind of a rock supply uh, display, and uh, like I have in my front yard, I'm fortunate I have a little brick wall, so I have a lot of my stuff displayed on there. And uh, also another thing that you want to always look for is petrified wood. And petrified wood, you can tell when you see a petrified piece of petrified wood, it's going to mainly look like a rock. Sometimes you'll have you'll see like streaks of different grains in it. So the main way you can tell if it's petrified wood or not is when you go to pick it up. 
petrified wood is very heavy. And okay. So when you get up, like especially up probably on Cahia Mountain, although I haven't found any up there, but I'm sure there is, and also up on Mount San Jacinto, I'm sure there is also. But uh, down in the desert, yeah, you, you can find a lot of petrified wood in the desert, especially in the canyons and, and washes close up to the mountain. And uh, a lot of places people go that that are known for petrified wood, that's why it's really good to have your gem and mineral guide. It'll tell you exactly what you're going to be able to pick up in that area. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm definitely going to be watching my, as I'm walking um, on any trails, be paying more attention to what's on the ground um, as compared to uh, before. Uh, this is pretty fascinating stuff. Now, you, how long have you been doing this? 25 years? About 25 years. Um, I've always been interested in rocks, and uh, I'm, a, I'm a born and raised Southern Californian. Yeah. And uh, me and my wife uh, lived up in Valley Center for several years, and I kind of started getting involved back in the 80s and early 90s up there and uh, finding different colored stones and stuff, hiking around. I used to do a lot of hiking in the back country up in the Valley Center area. So it just kind of grew on me, I think, and just like like to have those pretty rocks to look at, you know. <laughs> so... Uh, Probably another subject that I might want to inform you of is polishing. Uh, polishing rocks is great. You can find stuff that doesn't look like much, but once you polish it, you got a great gem quality rock. And polishing takes a little time. You can buy tumblers. They have different types of tumblers. They have barrel tumblers. They have jitterbug or vibrator tumblers. Uh, most of the time you either have to look in a catalog somewhere to find them. Uh, right now there are some small barrel tumblers that are available through some of your uh, local hardware suppliers. And uh, But if you go to a regular gem and mineral place, they'll probably tell you how you can acquire a tumbler. Tumbling, you start out with a coarse grain of gravel or grit and you go so long with it and then you go to your next phase which is a milder grind of grit and finally when you get through with your grit then you go to your polish and you run them most of the time about a week at a time in your tumbler and then you wash them off and you start out with your grit with just a very little bit of water just enough to make a little sluice in your in your tumbler when they're tumbling okay. And then you just go all the way through in your phase of clear to uh, uh, your polishing cycle. And uh, then you have your stone that you picked up that didn't look too good, but boy, it looks nice now. <laughs> yeah. How wonderful. Fika with Anika. K-O-Y-T-L-P, ANZA, your public radio station. With all the rain our local area has had lately, please be aware that there will be a lot of insects out this year. One insect that is already out is the tick. Ticks are blood-eating parasites that live and feed on mammals, birds, and reptiles. 
When out working or hiking in brush areas, please be aware of ways to keep ticks off yourself. Stay on designated pathways and wide trails. Use insect repellent. Wear light-colored clothing with long sleeves. Avoid grassy and brushy areas. Frequently check your clothing for ticks. When you come back indoors, check your clothes for ticks. If you find a tick on yourself, the National Center for Disease Control and Prevention recommends removing ticks by grabbing them with tweezers as close as possible to the tick's head and pulling out steadily and firmly. For more information, go to www.sandiegocounty.gov. Hey Anza, y'all got a computer? Phone? Tablet? You can stream us anytime, anywhere. Visit our Facebook fan page, check out the streaming link that's pinned at the top of the page, or visit our website, koyt971.org. The player will automatically pop up on the bottom of your screen, and you can listen to us all day long. Coyote Radio! Welcome back to Pika with Anika. Yeah, tell me a little bit about uh, visiting local mines in the area. Well, in the local area, you have several mines. There's especially all over in, the, like I say, North San Diego County and Southern Riverside County. But there are three of them in uh, the general area that are accessible. You do have to make an appointment to uh, go into them and you can do what they call fossicking or going through the tailing piles. <coughs> Excuse me. And you have to make an appointment, call a number, and uh, there are three of them. Uh, one is called the Ocean View Mine, which is in Paula, California, and it's uh, open Sundays from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. A reservation is required. Uh, I can give you the phone number. You Go ahead. The phone number is 760-415-9143. And that's for the Ocean View Mine. Mostly tourmaline, kunzite, morganite would be what you would be collecting there. Uh, the other one is uh, the Himalaya Mine, which is over by Lake Henshaw, Mesa Grande area. Well, they actually consider it San Isabel, and it is open Thursday through Monday. Uh, you don't have to have a permit, but you do have to find out if they are open. And uh, their phone number is 775-830-5797. And uh, that there also is a tourmaline, a morganite, uh, and other collectible material. And then the third one is the Stewart Mine, it's uh, called Gems of Paula in Paula, California, and it's open Saturday and Sunday. And you can also have to make a reservation for that one, and it is 760-742-1356. Now, I suggest if you go to any of these mines to do your fossicking, the things you need to take with you are, one is a trowel, a little small, like a little garden, hand rake type thing. Make sure you have good cloth gloves, garden gloves, a little strainer of some kind, uh, a bucket, a spray water bottle, 
and of course plenty of water to drink and also to wash off your your fines with and uh, the people there are very informative they will instruct you as what you need to do and how to go about it and some of them have picnic areas where you can take your lunch and have your lunch there and take your kids with you I think the they, when you call they'll explain how old the children have to be I think most of them are 12 or older but I can't really verify that but it would make a nice day of it and uh, especially before the summer really gets hot if you want something to do for a day that would be something that you might want to do and you can learn about from these people what's available in the area Fantastic um, I understand that there's a closed mine on Kawea Mountain Actually, there's two closed mines on Cahia Mountain. Find it here. Uh, no, that's not the one. I do know that one of them is up above on the where the I think it's the 6S22 road splits. And then there's a kind of a big parking area there, and I think you have to hike up the trail to it. I haven't been to it, um, but I understand that it, there is that one closed mine. The other one, I don't know exactly where it's at, and I don't really have the map with me that shows it. Are, are they on uh, private land? No, that's forest land. It is forest that's land. That's forest land. Uh, what people do is they get a claim, mine claim, uh, you have to apply, you know, through the BLM or, or uh, mostly the BLM, and you get your mine claim and uh, put your claim on it. Make sure nobody else has a claim already. <laughs> you don't want to be encroaching on somebody else's claim. But uh, there's there's a lot of a lot of mines all over that are closed. In fact, uh, the United States government several years back. Uh, started going through and sealing off a lot of the mines because people were going in them and getting hurt. And uh, you can uh, go into a mine and all of a sudden you just there's a drop-off. You don't know how far it is. Uh, in my experience, especially in the Arizona and Nevada desert, be very careful. Uh, I have came very close one time with me and a friend of mine. We almost drove off into an open pit mine over by uh, Caliente, or Chloride, Arizona. Uh, we just came up over a hill, and there was a big flat, and we started driving across the flat, and all of a sudden, we just seen that there looked like the road ended. And when we got out and walked over there, it was just a big hole about 100 foot around, and God knows how deep. Oh, my so, goodness. Okay. So you want to be careful around mines. And you don't want to go into a mine unless you know for sure that it's solid. Because if you go into an old mine that hasn't been disturbed, uh, even though it's got timbers holding up and everything, just your voice can cause an echo in there and cause it to start to collapse. Oh, yeah. goodness. Okay. Yeah. So a word yeah. of warning to everyone. Right. I think anybody that, that goes into a mine, I mean, should be very, very careful. And if... If you find anybody that knows anything about the area and knows about the mines, it's better to get information before you go. All right, very yeah. good. Uh, we, uh, there's one mine. Uh, if you have a tendency to go over on the Colorado River, it's called a Black Rock Mine. It's north of Lake Martinez and south of Chibola. 
wildlife area and it's right alongside the road. Kind of hard to see, but if you go up that road, uh, you can either go across to Oxbow, out of Palo Verde and go down on the Arizona side of the Colorado, uh, going towards Lake Mar Martinez, or you can come up from Yuma or down from Gortzite and take the Lake Martinez road and go up it and follow it up where, where it splits, where it goes towards Chabola Wildlife. And the Black Rock Mine, is, it's interesting. It has a lot of fluorite. It sparkles. You can go in there with a flashlight and shine it and do sparkles. Everything in there sparkles. And it's very accessible. It's right alongside the road. As it actually has a little walkway that goes in it. And uh, around it is what is very interesting is the little, well, I call them quonsets because they're like little caves that the workers used to live in. And what you do is you'll see like a little hole on the side of the hill. And if you look closely, you'll see a smokestack coming out of the side of the hill. Or, and you, if you go in there, that's what it is. They used to have their little fire ring in on the inside where they used to build their fires. And they would put a smokestack, drill a hole up through the ceiling and put a smokestack out for ventilation. And up in that area, there are quite a few of those. Wow. And another place that's very interesting, especially if you're a desert person and you go to Glamis with your off-road vehicle, if you continue on past Glamis to Ogilvy Road and you'll turn to the right on Ogilvy Road and you're in the Cargo Machacho Mountains. And there's an old big mine there, which part of it's still there, called the Temco Mine. It's a uh, Timco Road goes off to the left, and Black Rock Ranch, or Gold Rock Ranch, excuse me, goes to the right, and it's a little old little community out there. That's kind of like this. People go out there and camp and stuff, and rock hound and that. But there's several mines in that area, and there's the American Girl, the Timco, the Gonzales, several mines up in there. And I do again suggest that you have a high clearance vehicle or four-wheel drive, although it's not necessary. Okay. Uh, but it is um, uh, a place that you do on a high-clearance vehicle because you never know when you're going to find a big rock in the road or, or something like that. And lots of places you can't get around it. <laughs> the roads are narrow. Oh, so, I see. Another place that if you go over in that area, as soon as you turn off of Highway 78 on Ogilvy Road, heading towards uh, Timco, though it's about... Three miles, I believe, off of uh, Highway 78, there's a road called Indian Flats, which goes off to the left. And out through there, they go out there and they search for what they call demorturite. Demorturite is a dark blue with red and purple inclusions in it. And most of it in the along the main road has been picked up, so now you have to have a good vehicle you can go off off the main road and uh, that road actually goes all the way through to Pachacho uh, Indian Reservation State Park over on the river but again you have to have a four-wheel drive to go down through there all right. and it drops down into a big wash about 20 miles long very sandy and uh, very easy to get stuck in <laughs> okay yeah. and that's another thing I may mention that if you do go out any of these places where there is a lot of sandy washes make sure that you do have something to get yourself out of the sand. The good thing to take is a couple old blankets, uh, maybe you got some old uh, pieces of kindling 
anything like that that you can put under your wheels to get traction. And, uh, and again, definitely have plenty of water. All right, very good. <clears throat> so now you've uh, picked your rocks and you had your adventures and your, what's the next step? Well, now that you've got all your beautiful rocks uh, you picked up here and there in the mountains in the desert, then you say, well, what am I going to do with all these rocks? I got all these things, and uh, so what, I'm just going to display them. Well, there again, no. The thing is, then you want to learn how to polish and cut rocks. So the best thing, again, is to try and get with a local club and get some information, find out when their hours are, when their meetings are, and then you take your rocks down there and you get them cut and they generally cut your what they call their slabs on your flat rocks into like a quarter inch wide slab and uh, then you get you a mandrel and the mandrel has different size of what they call cabochon sizes on it and you take a lead pencil and you draw on your rock a cabochon and then you take it to a small, what they call a trim saw, and you cut out your little cabochon, and then you go to the grinder, and you start grinding at a 45 degree angle, and you grind that down, just keep working it, working it, working it, until you get the whole crown done, and then you're down to what they call a cabochon. Once you get that down, then you take it to a polisher, and you start polishing it down, and then you start getting your shine out of it and then you take it to your finish polisher and use the polishing paste and you polish it and then you have your cabochon and the cabochons make necklaces, you make rings, bracelets uh, you have to buy the findings which are getting harder and harder to find uh, in the past I used to have several suppliers but now we're getting down to where it's very very hard to get uh, findings to make make these necklaces and different kinds of jewelry out of. Uh, so there's several suppliers also you can go on the computer and look up lapidary supplies and uh, you can make your your rings or your necklaces. You make nice jewelry out of the stuff you found and then you can start feeling really proud of yourself that now I'm into jewelry making and everything <laughs> looks so nice. Uh, if you're lucky enough to find somebody that has a faceting machine, yeah, then you can take especially some of your more quality crystal stones and have them faceted. And uh, you can then, again, you can mount them in the findings. And uh, there's, like I say, there's several suppliers that supply findings, but they are getting less and less all the time. And... Uh, but again, if you go to a gem and mineral shop, you can generally find out you know, where they get their findings. Or like maybe, I don't know about the Fallbrook uh, Gem and Mineral Museum. Uh, I don't know if they have a list of suppliers for findings there or not. But that's what you do with, with the rocks that you don't know what to do with. And you just start making them into cabochons or different kind of you can actually cut them and make diamond cuts or or um, whatever kind of cuts you want to make out of them but uh, most people like to make cabochons especially out of jasper and uh, 
turquoise, uh, different kinds of quartz, uh, malachite, uh, which is a green uh, stone, and uh, they all make really nice cabochons and make very nice necklaces and, and bracelets and rings out of them. Good. So if I was uh, not inclined to make my own jewelry, but just wanted to go there for the hunt of the rock, would you suggest then just as, um, going to rock shows and, and selling the the, uh, the rocks in the raw form? Is that, that an option to, to someone? Well, I think that anybody that's interested in gemstones or rock hunting should go to a gem and mineral show and see what what they look like, what you're going to be looking for, and uh, you can see what people do with them. Uh, a lot of people have the raw material there that they want to sell. You can buy a cluster, you know, like you could buy, as per se, this smoky quartz quartz I have here, which is a crystal. Uh, somebody would probably have that up for sale, and or even one of the smaller points. And uh, yeah, there's some quality material at a lot of these shows. Uh, like I say, the one that's coming up in Escondido uh, on the 28th and 29th is really a good show. Uh, it's n- not a real big show. Uh, there's, of course, the big gem fair they have at Del Mar every year. Unfortunately, they're getting more into beading than they are gems and minerals uh, over the years. But a lot of these uh, towns, uh, if you get a book, it's called... Let me get this open here a minute called Rocks and, and Minerals. Uh, sometimes you can order it on the computer. Sometimes you can go into a bookstore. They might have it. A library, some of them carry it. Not a lot of them. But uh, it, th- this is a, a monthly publication? This is actually, I think it's a quarterly. If I do quarterly publication. Yeah, okay. yeah. and it's, uh, this one is from June to February. Or January to February, excuse me. January, February. This is an old one. This is uh, 2011. The reason I have this book is because this 2011 Rock and Mineral has maps in it and a quite a large article. In fact, most of the book is just about the gem and minerals in this area. Paula, Rincon, uh, all this area. Ramona has the maps, shows the different mines that are in this area, shows you the different stones you can get in this area. I was very fortunate to pick this here one up at the uh, Gem and Mineral Museum in Fallbrook, but they do have a lot of back issues of okay. this here, and they're available. They're very reasonable, and uh, you can pick them up, and uh, and they'll have diagrams and maps in there that shows you the different areas all over. And this one here, I just was very fortunate to get this one. I was uh, down there one day at the museum, and and uh, I seen it there, and I seen it said California minerals there on the front, mines and minerals. So I just asked them if I could have it, and they said, yeah, they gave it to me. Oh, I wonder. <clears throat> but it's one of the best ones I have for this area. Okay. Yeah, so, but yeah, it's, it's a very interesting hobby. Some people make it a business. Uh, like I say, if you go to Quartzsite in January for the big Gemma Mineral Show... Uh, you'll find people from all over the world have stones from all over the world. Uh, I might mention that uh, I was very fortunate back in 2002. I had a chance to go to Australia 
and I did go to Lightning Ridge where they get the precious opals and it's an amazing place uh, very interesting and uh, I found out a lot about opals how they're mined and uh, how they're processed and uh, just a great trip I was very fortunate to uh, be able to go there but we also have a lot of areas uh, even right here in California that you can get opal not so much precious but there is opal like I say, Opal Hill out by Palo Verde off of Wiley Wells Road, uh, going towards Las Vegas out of Baker, going up to Trump. There's an area out in there that uh, they get Opal. And uh, like I say, it's just, if you get a guide, you can find out just what what is available, you know. Uh, one stone that I really like collecting is Apache Tears. Apache Tears is just obsidian, which is a black stone. But it's a black stone that you can actually almost see through if you hold it up to the light. And you can get them in pebble size, and you can get them up to, I've been told recently that there's places down by the Salton Sea that they're actually down there based basketball size. Oh, my goodness. So, but <laughs> I love getting them because they're so easy to see with the sunlight. Because if you see them sparkling out there on the desert floor and... Uh, Right away, you pick one up and you hold it up, and you, it's just almost like a black agate. And they're, oh. they're really, they're, I like collecting them. They're a lot of fun. <laughs> it must give you goosebumps when you find those. <laughs> well, uh, there is a place in Arizona uh, off out of Aguila uh, going towards Wickenburg, which there's a road that turns off and goes south. Uh, and... Uh, there's one area out there that's very gravelly and it's about five miles south of Aguila and when it rains out there and the roads flood it's very low so it floods out there quite badly but what they do is the road department goes right in there right away and grades that and when they grade that the just the high road is just covered with them oh, they're just goodness. all over the place I've been out there and picked up a gallon coffee can in a couple hours full <laughs> oh wow! So it's yeah, it's yeah. But I like picking them up because uh, they're just they're just fun to pick up. <laughs> <laughs> very satisfying, yeah, I'm right, sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, very good. All right, well, Mr. Todd, I really appreciate you taking the time and talking such an interesting subject. Uh, I've lived up here for ten years, and you are the first rock hound that I've met. Mm. I know people talk about finding rose crystals and so on on their properties, <clears> but uh, no one that they has such a a passion or, or such an in-depth knowledge of them as you. So how fortunate was I to meet you at, at, at the hike? I appreciate you coming in. Uh, I hope I can call upon you again uh, another time. Yes, ma'am. And if anyone has any questions for my guest, you can send an email to programming at koyt971.org. Put FICA in the subject line. And in the body of the text, please put your question, and uh, we'll ask our guest the next time he comes into the studio. Well, yes, if you uh, have people call in questions and you can't answer it, if you want to give me a call, uh, I'm generally available on my cell phone more so than on my house phone because most of the time I'm out kicking rocks. (laughs) So... It's kind of hard to answer my home phone when I'm out there. Uh, but, uh, okay. yeah, if they want any kind of information, uh, hopefully I can give them some. And I thank you very much for inviting me. I enjoyed it. 
and uh, now all I have to do is go out and start kicking rocks. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you. Okay, great. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this week's Cup of Fika with Anika. Tune in Wednesdays at 3 p.m. and a replay on Sundays at 1 p.m. If you have any questions or comments for me or my guests, please send an email to programming at koyt971.org and put Fika in the subject line. Enjoy the rest of your day.